Good morning, all nations. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Y'all can shout, possibly back in a little bit. Save your dance. Hallelujah. I do, um, before we jump into um, the series today, I do want to say thank you um, to you all. We had an amazing weekend last weekend. And so for everybody who sacrificed to celebrate with us all weekend or any part of the weekend, thank you, thank you, thank you um, for taking out of yourself and your resources um, to just show that in the nine years um, that we've been doing this, that we have planted some seed that's worthy of celebrating. And so thank you for that. Thank you, thank you. Um, there are some pastors out there who do not feel um, celebrated and it, it becomes daunting on their work. Um, you all have not made that the testimony of your pastors. And so we believe we will run on. All right. <laughs> And so um, this week we start a mini-series, just going to be a two-week mini-series on breakthrough. Yes. All right. Anybody in need of a breakthrough? I'll take one. I'll take one. <laughs> um, breakthrough essentially is a military concept, okay? And when the military, um, when you're in the military and you get to this point of breakthrough, it always happens in a strategic place, okay? You don't just need breakthrough anywhere, and we don't have breakthrough haphazardly. This is why we have to be careful when we sing songs about breakthrough, and we pray prayers about breakthrough, but we're not really making sure that we're strategic with it. And so if you are going to desire a breakthrough, you have to be willing to get in strategic alignment and placement in order to receive that breakthrough. Otherwise, you make breakthrough a good feeling. You make breakthrough um, something small that's happening, but breakthrough happens everywhere. Um, there's medical breakthroughs, there's scientific breakthroughs, um, there's breakthroughs in career, and it is marked by something that is monumental and important. You're not having a breakthrough just because you went to the store and they had the brand of milk that you wanted. That's not breakthrough. Okay? This is strategy. This is strategy and it's extremely critical um, that it is a sudden dramatic advance. And so if we are praying for breakthrough, there should be a sudden dramatic advance. And we feel that we are positioned in 2019 for that as a house. And so we're going to set the pace for 2019 because it's going to be a year of breakthrough. But we got to be on the same page that we know that we are positioned for that breakthrough and exactly what that breakthrough needs to look like. Okay. Now, the opposite of breakthrough is a setback or being stalled. So the fact that you have maintained yourself out of sin doesn't mean that you're having breakthrough. The fact that you've been able to be sustained where you are does not mean that you're having breakthrough. It actually is the opposite because if you are stalled or stagnant or steady, because steady sounds better, we would never say we're stagnant, but if you haven't had any sudden impact or advance, you are in the opposite of breakthrough. 
when we think about um, this idea of breakthrough, and you, oh, you guys are good. I'm sorry, I usually let y'all go. Y'all good? What you doing? Or sit there? I don't know where y'all go. Okay. I was like, because I used to leave, but it looked like there's no seats for them, so <laughs> stay right there. <laughs> but uh, Jesus has called us um, not to just be defenders. A lot of time we've taken our Christian walk and made it this thing of being ready to defend or stand on defense, but he's actually called us to be the aggressors. Which any interesting thing about that is for most of us, we feel that Christianity has called us to not be aggressive. And so when we see people or entities that are aggressive, it rubs us the wrong way because we have not understood this concept of breakthrough. But breakthrough causes for us to be aggressive, aggressive in worship, aggressive in prayers, aggressive in devotion, aggressive against sin, aggressive against the enemy, aggressive against anything that causes attack on our house, on our family, on our purpose, on our lives, we are called to be the aggressors. And so this week we're going to just set the foundation and I'm going to preach a message entitled taking out the trash. Okay. So one of the things that I do not do at home is I do not take out the trash. Okay. I will let the trash spill over. I'll make a new trash bag and put it next to the trash can. I'll make several trash bags. I'll sit them on top of the counter. I'll sit them next to his keys, but I will not. I don't take out the trash. When he goes out of town, I let him know you should take out the trash before you leave because I won't be taking out the trash. For many of us, that's been our Christian walk. You've cleaned your room. You've cleaned your bathroom. You've taken care of all things, kind of things in your house, but you refuse to take out the trash. You hear deliverance, you think it's for somebody else. You see an altar call, you think it's for somebody else. You hear detox, breakthrough, different things like that, you think it's for somebody else. You, with the bad attitude, you think that taking out the trash is for somebody else. But God has called us to position ourselves for breakthrough, but that means first we have to commit to take out the trash. There's nothing like having a 100% clean house with trash sitting in the corner. There's a certain stench. And so when you look at it, like right on, you're looking and the house looks clean. You dress nice for church. You show up to corporate prayer. You smile. You hold your Bible. It looks slightly worn. You know what I mean? You got the app on there. It's on your front page. And so, you know, it looks like it's together. But there's this trace of something that's underlying, and it just is not a sweet-smelling savor. And there's this little hint of it that says somebody needs to take out their trash. Um, Go with me to Isaiah 58, and we're going to read verse 1, and we're going to read all the way to verse 9. I always give people a warning when I'm actually going to read the word. Imagine that. Okay? So when you read too much of the word, people get a little nervous. You should get nervous if we don't read too much, okay? All right. That's when you get nervous. Get nervous when it's just one scripture, okay? I'm just telling you when to get nervous, all right? In case you go visit somewhere, all right? Isaiah 58 and 1. It says, shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet and declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways. They seem 
eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the command of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not even noticed? This is a pity party that we throw when we don't get our way. Like you had one week of good devotion and now he's just supposed to do everything you want. Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all of your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast that I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves. Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? So are you just doing it for the look of it? Like do you eat on fast day and then just make sure you don't post that day? Like, do you eat on the way to the meeting and then leave the food in the car because you know you're about to see church people? <laughs> Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? There's the breakthrough. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. That's that suddenly. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And then you will call and the Lord will actually answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk. If it's time for breakthrough, then it's time to fast. Originally, fasting appeared in the scriptures, and um, they were fasting as a sign of repentance and also and posturing themselves to actually hear from the Lord. Um, later in the scriptures, we see more examples still in the Old Testament, but still a little bit later, where they were using it as part of their regular devotion life and part of their worship onto God. All those things still established um, and then also repeated in the New Testament. But this is a track of how we've seen fasting implemented in the Bible. Um, in the Bible, even Jesus fasted. And so out of all the things that he had to do here while he was on the earth, there were certain things that we had to see him do in order to create a paradigm for the expectation of what we were supposed to do. And so when we see Moses, he was fasting upon the receipt of the Ten Commandments. When we see Jesus, he was fasting upon the receipt of the weight of his actual purpose and call. When we see Nehemiah, he was fasting in order for guidance to get the victory. And so why do we feel that we can be removed outside of biblical example after example after example after example? Example, and then we say we don't feel that we have to fast. 
And it doesn't really matter what you feel. It doesn't really matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what you say. And it doesn't matter what I say. It matters what the word says. And there will always be a pattern and, a, and something to shape after for how you receive what you need to receive. There is always an antecedent to breakthrough. And that antecedent will always be laced with discipline. That discipline is the kind of discipline that's spoken of in the Bible in 1 Corinthians when it says, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. That means there is a disqualification in the spirit. Because I know sometimes we feel like, you know, God has qualified the unqualified. He also has disqualified the qualified. Because we, we like to say it the other way. Yes, he has qualified the unqualified. Absolutely, he has. He also has disqualified the qualified. So there's called a certain thing as keeping your papers current. As a teacher, my original teaching certificate just isn't good anymore. Why? Because I need to stay on track with the things that are happening in the atmosphere, in the realm of education. I have to update that thing. At the very least, I'm going to have to pay a fee to get it current. Why? Because that fee is an indicator of the sacrifice that I am willing to stay on the front line of my field. And that is part of my qualification to be and work in that field. Your papers have been outdated, but yet you feel like you are qualified. And I didn't say it. That was in 1 Corinthians 9 and 27. The other version of it says, I pummel my body and make it a slave. Do you know what pummel is? That means to beat over, over, over. Pound, 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 pound. That is what your flesh should be going through. And when you stroke your flesh, and when the word makes you feel good, and when you always leave church happy and with a smile, it is not of God. There is a pummeling that needs to happen. And so if your Christian walk does not make you uncomfortable, I am sorry to deliver this news to you, but it is not the Christian walk to which God has called you to. The pummeling of God will make you literally beat your body into submission. This is why when people say, I just felt like it was too aggressive. Because sometimes that's the testimony. Is they feel like it was too aggressive. I feel like worship was just so aggressive. I just feel like prayer was so aggressive. I just feel like the preaching was so aggressive. That's because I'm raising up an army of warriors that are getting ready to be in strategic position for a breakthrough. Now, if you don't want to go to war, you want to stay at home and play patty cake, you want to stay at home and wait for the soldiers to come back in from war, then you don't want this pummeling, you don't want this beating, you don't want it, then you can stay on the back line. 
But so long as you want to be in the front line, you might as well be fortified to do the work. There is a detoxing that needs to happen. And the thing about detoxing is it gets worse before it gets better. And this is why when we say things like, I just never dealt with this before, it's an indicator that you may have just shifted into the detox process. And so things that you didn't know were there, they will start to come up and come out. Naturally, um, this uh, past, maybe two weeks ago, I committed myself um, to pummeling my body at another level and drinking a gallon of water a day. And I know everybody has their different theories. I've read them. Thank you. <clears throat> I've made my decision on how much I'm going to drink, okay? All right. Okay, so don't send me no articles or tell me... It should be your weight. Your, I've read, amen. I've done my research. This is how I'm pummeling right now. I'm not saying I'm going to do it forever. This is where I am. Amen? Yeah. Amen again. Okay. In that, I have gotten some of the ugliest. I mean, and I am long past puberty. But some of the ugliest little pesky bump pimple things because what's in me is coming out as a result of what I put in me that forced it to come out. And so if nothing is coming out, you probably aren't putting the right thing in. And so if words like deliverance or phrases like come out or phrases like go to hell where you came from, if, if those aren't regular phrases for you, then you probably need a little detox. And so the gook is probably built up at such a level where you don't even realize how sluggish your body and your spirit have actually been moving. Because there's this thing where you get comfortable. I've tried to lose weight several times and every time I kind of get on this track and then when it gets hard, I look in the mirror and tell myself that my fat is beautiful, okay? And I, and I say things like, it wouldn't hurt to buy clothes at this size too, right? Because we begin to talk ourselves out of this need once you get mid-pummel. Once you get mid-pummel, you decide that this actually is not the fight that he's called you to, but it is the fight that he's called you to. And so let's look at the detox process. Because see, some of us think that fasting is our spiritual duty to God. You don't fast for God. You're fasting for yourself. My kids, they, they, um, you know, they brush their teeth and they have this different routine that they do in the morning. And a lot of times they want a high five because they did what they were supposed to do. And I give you a high five. They bring home A's and they're like, look what I got. And I said, you better. Because if not, then we're going to have a problem. But that's what we do. We give God our report card and we want $20. Look, God, I got good marks from pastor. Pastor say I'm doing a good job. But the fasting is for you. 
You can't earn a breakthrough. You cannot earn a blessing. You cannot earn an answered prayer. That is the works gospel, and that's not what we believe. But we do believe in strategy, and we do believe that if you were to clean out your house, then you would have a stronger house. And if you clean out that house, then your house can better operate in the way that it was created to operate. And the reason why you have to be careful in fasting for answered prayers or fasting for certain things is because when you fast, your appetite should actually change. And so the thing that you were praying for before you started fasting, that may be something that you don't even have an appetite for anymore. And so that's why you don't go into fasting with a list that's set in stone on what you want God to do. You fast for guidance. Period. You don't make a decision on that guidance and then fast to get a stamp for what you already wanted anyway. This is why a lot of times your fast will end in disappointment. Because you fast and then you're looking for the fulfillment fulfillment of your old self and not your new self. Part of that detox is literally he will slap the taste out your mouth. There's no need in stocking up on drugs before you go into a detox process. Who gets a cabinet full of drugs and alcohol before they go to rehab? The very point of going into rehab is to change your appetite. So you don't store up in man and in flesh and what you think you ought to have and then begin the detox process. You just go into rehab. When we do this soul cleansing, we have to remember that our body is the temple of the Lord. But there's not a lot of songs about it. But your body is the housing for the spirit of the Lord. We have a baby. You can't, we can't feed him everything. Now he would like to eat everything. No matter what we put on our plate, Sit it here, we're eating, he grabs for it. Why? Because the ignorance in him makes him think that every table set before him is for him. But see, when he matures, he'll be able to look at something and say no. He'll be able to look at something and say, oh, no, I'm allergic. (laughs) That's what some of y'all need to say. Oh, no, I'm allergic. (laughs) Because, see, it's been open for you. It's been presented to you. It's been DM'd to you. It's been text to you. And you just need to say, oh, no, I'm allergic. maturity it will make you protect what you put inside of your body we have to feed him foods that are appropriate to how well his system has developed at this point 
And so as we are careful with what we feed our babies, we have to be careful with what we feed the dwelling place of God. And if you are constantly digesting, then you can never fully eliminate the waste that you have inside of you. Before you go for a colon cleanse, they tell you, give your system a break. And if you do not give your system a break, when you go for that colon cleanse and you see that machine and you see the water and the things moving through there, it's funny because at first the water is kind of clear and just slightly murky. And so you get this idea that I'm not as backed up as I thought I was. And so when you're first on that machine, you may say to yourself, oh, wow, I'm doing pretty good. And you get off the machine. Some of us have gotten off the machine before we actually got to the blockage. And so you rob yourself short of the detox process or you just get those surface things. So you just get, you know, the, uh, the explicit talk or you just get the porn or you just get the sleeping around or you just get the lying or you just get the gambling, but you don't get all the way down to the character issues. And so we've gotten off the machine prematurely, but how many of you know it's time for a breakthrough? It's time for a breakthrough. It's time for a breakthrough. It's time for a breakthrough. And so if you want breakthrough, you got to stay on the machine. Because see, after a period of time, if you stay on the machine and you allow the process to keep working, and it's called discipline. You can't be a disciple without discipline. How many of you know that discipline requires for you to stay the course even when there are zero results? Zero results. Which is why when people say things like, I've been praying, I've been doing devotion, and nothing's happening, that means they're in position for a breakthrough. Because when you don't see anything happening, there's always something happening. When you don't see anything happening, there's always something happening. And so you are in a right position for a breakthrough. But the difference is, you gotta stay on the machine. And if you come off of the machine, you'll never see the breakthrough that you were intended to see, but you'll feel like you actually did something. You'll feel like you actually did something, but you have robbed yourself short of what it is. Fasting is a great time to remember the connection between our body and our spirit. You feed your body trash, you treat your body like trash, but then you think you should have spiritual breakthrough. There is a certain thing called integrity of a foundation. And for any builder, if the foundation is not integrous, they will not build on top of that foundation. They will have to break that foundation down and start all over. For many of us, we're looking for God to erect a 20-foot building on a shaky foundation. It's not that he hasn't called you. It's not that he doesn't have a plan for your life. It's not that he doesn't have a purpose for you. Your foundation's just too weak. Without the toxins in our body, our body actually gets a break. That's your spirit. 
You've never actually given your spirit a chance to focus. The average person on any given day spends six to seven hours planning for, executing, or cleaning up from their meals for that day. And this includes people who um, you know, have children, families, different things like that. Every single day. Now imagine if you got that time back in the place of prayer. And this is why fasting is not about what you are doing for God as much as the space that you are clearing for him to work on the foundation that he's already given you. The process of detox usually can be very dangerous and that is why people assign medical supervision for a detox. Most people are not just going to detox from years of drug and alcohol abuse just at their house. Why? Because there has to be a safe environment. This is why when you remove yourself from the house of God, you remove yourself from accountability, you remove yourself from community, and you remove yourself, you are putting yourself at greater risk of infection and greater risk of relapse. Because even though you may hate the doctor that's issuing the supervision, it is there for your safety. It's a safe place to actually detox when you allow for somebody to supervise your soul. That means, and for those of you who don't work traditional jobs, and we have some people like that, the supervisor, just so you know, the supervisor doesn't make suggestions. The supervisor gives directions. The church is the only place where we come in and tell the supervisor how to give the directions. The church is the only place where we say that the supervisor didn't say it nicely, so we're not going to do it. I don't care how. The supervisor gives you the instructions. If you want the results, you'll follow the instructions. Ain't nobody ask you to take the supervisor home with you. Just follow the instructions. Sometimes people fast and these things begin to come out that they just didn't know were in there. This is how people can be on a fast and be popping off like never before. And you like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, where'd that come? It's okay. It's part of the detox process. But you have to continue in the detox process. When you go back to Isaiah 58 and you look at just verses 1 through 3, verses 1 through 3, that is step one of the detox process. Step one of the detox process is evaluation. You can't get checked into the center unless they do an evaluation. They have to know exactly what have you been on. Exactly where have you been and exactly where have you been getting the goods from. And so if they do this evaluation process, then a treatment plan can be better set for you. When we look at this, it is the evaluation of the people. 
And this is why he begins by talking about how much they have flaunted their fasting and how much they have been at each other's necks and how much they have been subject to their own requests and how they have not even received Holy Spirit, but they've been doing it for themselves. He begins to tell them about themselves. He says, shout it out loud, prophet, don't hold back. Evaluation. Not, I, he didn't say lace it with kindness. He said, shout it out loud. Do not hold back. Tell them about themselves. Day after day, and he begins to walk through the things that they have been doing that are in error. He did not give them a positive sandwich because that's what we like because we learned that in our workplace. You say something positive, and then you say something corrective. And then you sandwich it with something positive. But he said, don't hold back. It's detox time. I'm getting these people ready for war. And so that evaluation process has to take place. This is the process that we're in for the next two weeks. It's the evaluation process. We are beginning our 21-day corporate fast. However, we refuse to do it before we taught on it. When we gonna do it when, when we could teach on it. Because we will not be raising people who religiously fast because they were asked to. I don't want you to fast because you got a calendar at the door. Because you'll be fasting and never see the breakthrough. I'd rather you keep eating and enjoy yourself and don't awaken your little uh, demons before they time and just keep on doing what you're doing. It also drives me nuts when you sneak around me because I don't care. You don't have to lie, Craig. You ain't got to lie. But I want to give you the information that you need because breakthrough tastes better together. I don't want to break through by myself, but I will. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. You didn't see breakthrough because your wineskin wasn't ready. We have to learn to purify our motives. It sounds like an oxymoron, but it's possible to be fasting and still be in sin. Because if you fast and set a fast unto yourself, you are practicing active idolatry. If you are fasting and you just want the Lord's hand to move in your direction, you are practicing active witchcraft. And so get an understanding lest you fast and still be in sin. Or lest you fast and it cause you to fall into sin. Israel. They were going through the motions of these religious rituals that they believed that God had required. But he only wants it if you do it in the right posture. You can want a steak all you want. But if I bring it to you on a dirty plate and insist that you take it, 
you have the right and the choice to accept it, dirty or not. But we've bringing him things on, brought him things on dirty plates and almost forced him to take it because we're offering it. But we have been self-interested. We have been religious and irresponsible. Step two of detox is stabilization. So after they do the evaluation, you start the detox process, stabilization is the key. Part of the stabilization process is that you have to go through um, uh, counseling, you have to see professionals, and you're having these conversations with them. Funny thing about Christians is we are so controlling, especially as, the, as Americans, that we want to dictate the results of even the secret place. How you gonna tell me that things didn't get done in the secret place? And when people say that, they usually are talking about the results in the natural of what they saw. But see, his thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are not our ways. So one of the key things about counseling is all you have to do is show up. When you hire a professional counselor, you don't plan that session. They plan that session. And when you get in the session, they ask you guiding, leading questions, and all you have to do is show up. Part of stabilization is just show up. Show up when there's nobody else there. Show up when you don't think it's doing anything. Show up when you feel like it. Show up when you don't feel like it. And I'm not talking about showing up to church. I'm talking about showing up with God. I'm talking about showing up to the secret place. All you have to do is make the appointment and show up. That is part of the stabilization process. When we look in verse 6, it talks about the fast that God has called. In stabilization, part of what stabilizes the patient is their ability to create new desires. And so we talk about other things that bring the patient joy, other things that bring the patient's life um, in a happy place where the previous toxins used to feel. What are the other things that can be accomplished? Um, it creates in you, in that place of detox, a deeper revelation of who you are and your surroundings. This is where the delusion is dealt with in the stabilization fast. And so one of the things that you have to do is you have to identify who has called you to fast. And so if you can't identify who has called you to fast and identify who with has called you to fast. So there's a thing where you can fast by yourself. Then there's corporate fasting. Then there's fasting that you do with certain individuals that maybe you pick a group and you all have a theme. But whoever it is that you fast with, you are breaking covenant with them at that time because you agree to share the results. And so this person who's walking you through stabilization has to commit to your other side. They have to commit to your ending. They have to commit as part of their job to see you whole. And that commitment creates a breeding ground of trust. Holy Spirit is a counselor. 
Holy Spirit is a guide. I don't care what you say. If you are unstable, you do not spend time with God. I'm not saying you don't pray. You are praying, but not to God. I'm not saying you don't have a devotion life. You are reading, but you're not understanding. Time with God breeds stability. There's no question in it. There's no lie in it. Time with God breeds stability. When you have offense that can live on for months and months and months, time with God brings stability. A plant in the sun has no choice but to grow. I don't care if I put that plant in the sun and that plant says, no, no, I'm not going to grow. No, no, I'm not going to grow. If I can get that plant in the sun, that plant has no choice but to grow. If we can get your butt in time with God, then it has no choice but to grow. Step two is stability. Step three is preparing entry into treatment. I'm going to close. Wait a minute. Step three is preparing entry into treatment? Yeah, because after the evaluation's done, after we've gotten you stabilized, you're not scratching up the walls and such anymore. (laughs) Now we're actually preparing you for a life that can be sustained. This is where the real work begins. Some of us have been praying for breakthrough because we're tired. You don't pray for breakthrough because you're tired. You pray for breakthrough because you're ready to work. When the army breaks through the enemy lines, they don't break through the enemy lines and say, whoo, we here, let's have lemonades. No, now is the time to actually work and um, inherit the things that you have been called to. You pray for breakthrough because you're ready to work. You're preparing for the best chances of success after detox. This starts in Isaiah 58, verse 7 through 9. If you go back and you read through verse 7 through 9, you walk through these different pieces. But in verse 7 through 9, it actually begins to talk about what the expected effects of the fast should have been. And so he's told them about themselves, and then he talks about the fast that God has called. And then when you start walking through verse 7 through 9, it talks about what it should have breeded as results. And it says, you should have been going out to the homeless. You should have been having this as an effect. For many of us, we fasted with no results. We've gone, we've pummeled our body, we've gone through all of it, we've walked around with the ashy lips, the stanky breath, and nothing to show for it. But what he's saying here is not necessarily the acts of service as much as it is a sensitivity to God's voice. We sing songs like, let us become more aware of your presence. How do you do that? You have to detox. You can't become aware of his presence if you have too many toxins built up. You can't hear him or his voice sounds muffled and distorted. Why? Because you cannot be aware when you have too many things as distractors. 
part of the power of Anna is that she postured herself in that place of prayer and fasting and she was committed. It didn't matter if people told her the Messiah is a joke. He ain't coming. Girl, you better get out of this temple and stop it. You've been in here all this time with no results. But she knew that she knew that she knew. And as her time came, the breakthrough of our risen Savior was the result. She became more aware of his presence. Fasting should produce a sensitivity to the voice of God. I know people want to say that he speaks on Sunday mornings and that he speaks through his word, through his written word. But the truth about your God is that he speaks all the time. He's going to speak to you after Sunday morning. He wants to speak to you on Monday. He wants you to have spiritual guides and counselors in the earth, but he wants to be your number one guide. He wants you to know his voice and it be without question that it's him. All nations, it's time for a breakthrough. And that breakthrough is coming with maturity on every level from top to bottom. I don't care if you get saved today, the breakthrough is coming for you too. We are strategically placed in this city. We are strategically placed in this year, in this time, on these jobs, in these families, with these levels of influence. And the last step of that breakthrough is going to be to begin the treatment plan to sustain this life. If fasting is the cause, then breakthrough will always be the effect. And fasting was never in isolation. If you study the scriptures and you'll have a, a, a hearty study calendar. I just finished it. It was coupled with prayer and it was coupled with worship. Time and time again, coupled with prayer and coupled with worship. Coupled with prayer and coupled with worship. When this house goes up, there's no reason for you not to go with it. There is no reason. There is no reason for you not to go with it. If you have the heart for breakthrough, you have the heart for God, there is no reason for you not to go up. Sin cannot disqualify you, but your positioning, your decisions, and your posture can. So if you make a decision today, you open up your heart today, and you get in position, breakthrough is yours. Now couple it with prayer and couple it with worship. Now couple it with prayer and couple it with worship. Now couple it with prayer and couple it with worship. Now couple it with prayer and couple it with worship. I can't do it for you. You have to get yourself in position. 
couplet with prayer and couplet with worship. God, we bless your name. God, I bless your name. I commit to the place of prayer. I commit to the place of worship. I commit to the place of declaring who you are and whose I am. God, I declare today that you are God and God alone, that there is no good thing that shall be withheld from me because I am a child of God. God, I declare today that Jesus Christ is your son, that you sent him for me and for my sins. And because of that, I am the redeemed. And because of that, I am the redeemed. And so I am that one. I am that one in the 10 who will come back and say thank you. I am that one in the 10 who will recognize who you are. I am that one in the 10 who will not let your miracles go unnoticed. I am the one. I am the one. I am the one. And I come to you today and I say thank you. I come to you today and I pour out my love and affection on you. I come to you today and I pour out my adoration on you. And I declare that you are my God. You are my God. You are mine and I am yours. You are mine and I am yours. You are mine and I am yours. I will not just fast and pummel my body, but I will pray and I will worship. I will not just fast and restrain from food, but I will pray and I will worship and the replacement will be breakthrough and the replacement will be breakthrough and the replacement will be breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. And I declare that you are a God that will break out on the left and break out on the right. You are God that will break out on my behalf. And I declare you are Lord of the breakthrough. Oh yeah. 